Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Okay, let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Somewhere in the New Testament. Okay. So, hi everyone online. Uh, I know some of my family might be watching, Uh, friends are watching, so hi there, and and I just want to welcome everyone to hear the Word of God. I've got my wife with me, I'm excited about that, I'm even more excited that I've got, we've got our youngest daughter with us, uh, who's currently, I think, upstairs looking after our youngest granddaughter, Uh, and uh, she's having a whale of a time at the minute, I've been told. I just want to say that Uh, Our youngest granddaughter is a miracle child, and we believe in a God of miracles. You see, the doctors told uh, Amber that she wasn't able to conceive and have children, and uh, that was a devastating thing for her, and uh, one morning she was awoken really early, and she heard the audible voice of God just saying one word to her, and that word was Isaac. And she spoke to me and said, Dad, she wasn't really sure what to think about that. And she said, what does it really mean? And I said, well, Isaac was the child of promise to Abraham, as you know the story. And I said, I think God's trying to tell you something. And, uh, you know, uh, within a year, uh, she had given birth, she got pregnant and gave birth to Ami Dala. That's her name. She's beautiful. I'm biased and I don't care. But I just want to encourage you that the God of miracles is still doing miracles today. And let your expectation line up with the word of God. Too often we let our expectation line up with our experience instead of the word of God. And we need to make sure that we're working towards, and it's always a a journey, it's a journey for me to work towards lining my expectation up with his word, not what I think, what I feel, and what I'm experiencing. That may be real, but the greater reality is the the revealed word of God. Amen? Okay, I'm glad you're still here. Chapter 1 of the book of Acts. In this first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Then just quickly, chapter 2, just 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I've uh, titled this message, The Agenda of Jesus. Now, I know sometimes we think when someone's got an agenda, we think of it as being some kind of secretive, controlling, manipulative way of getting what they want from the person they are dealing with. But the agenda of Jesus is open, it's clear, it's, it's in the scripture, and it's for, not, not, it's, not, it's not for his good, if I can put it that way, it's for our good. And so the agenda of Jesus is very, very important. And we read here in these few verses about the agenda of Jesus. You know, um, you might have guessed what I'm going to get to in a minute, but if you're not sure, you know, in, in the, uh, the four Gospels, you might find this interesting, the word church is mentioned by Jesus only twice. In Matthew 16, when he says, I will build my church. And then again in Matthew 18, when he says, if there's a, a dispute amongst people that they should eventually take it to the church. So, I know Jesus loves the church, and I'm not saying that he's belittling the church, I'm just letting you know that in terms of what he spoke about the church, he mentioned it twice, whereas in the four gospels, he spoke about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven approximately 95 times, depending on which translation you are reading. So I want us to kind of Get a grasp of what is the agenda of Jesus. By now you're getting the point. The agenda of Jesus is the kingdom of God. And you know, it says in this text here that he spent 40 days post-resurrection. Now there were 50 days from uh, resurrection to ascension. So 40 of those days he spent with the disciples. And what was he doing for those 40 days? Speaking to them about the kingdom of God. The agenda of Jesus is all about the kingdom. The big thing in Jesus' agenda is the kingdom. So we need to be a people who grasp hold of what the kingdom is all about. Um, and actually, there are only two kingdoms on the earth. I know we've got the United Kingdom and there are various kingdoms in the Middle East and so but in, in the spiritual realm, there are only two kingdoms on the earth. How do I know that? Because Jesus said in Matthew 12, when he was casting out a demon from a blind person, and the Pharisees said, oh, he's casting out demons by Beelzebub. Beelzebub. That means the Lord of the flies. And Jesus said to them, if Satan casts out Satan, how will his kingdom stand? So there is, that's one kingdom that's on earth, and that kingdom came when Satan was cast out of heaven and was, is roaming the earth to see whom he can devour. It's the kingdom of darkness, and that's at work on the earth, bringing corruption and sickness and disease and poverty and injustice and all the other negatives on the earth come from the kingdom of darkness. But you see, something fantastic happened when Jesus landed on planet earth. There was a big shift in the spiritual atmosphere because the ministry of Jesus was repent, change your mind because the kingdom of God is here. Like never before, the kingdom of God had arrived on earth. The kingdom is the reign of God, the rule of God 
on earth. And when Jesus arrived on earth, he brought the kingdom in a way it had not been known in the Old Testament. There had been pockets of seeing kingdom activity, but there wasn't the real invasion of the kingdom of heaven on earth until Jesus landed on the planet. And some people misunderstand what the kingdom's all about. You see, if I can put it this way, when Jesus landed on earth, arrived on earth, was born in the stable, the kingdom came. The kingdom was established through his death and resurrection. The arrival and the power of the king of kings on earth came with Jesus. But the kingdom of God on earth today is what I would call and others have called an already here but not fully yet kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's here, but you see, because we have an opposing kingdom, not of equal power, but we have an opposing kingdom who is resisting the kingdom of God, there is warfare. So don't be surprised, the, the, the scriptures say, at the ordeal that comes upon you, because there's someone who doesn't like you. Wake up, smell the coffee. It's not all, I mean, I remember the first six months of being a Christian, the sky was bluer, the stars were closer. It was wonderful. And then the enemy came and started attacking me. I said, what's going on? You see, because when you got born again, you became a real enemy of the devil. <laughs> and he doesn't like you. But the good news is we belong to a kingdom that's superior, more powerful. It's like, if I can illustrate it this way, in this, during the Second World War, when the Allied forces were beginning to push back against Nazi Germany, they, they began the invasion with what they called D-Day. By the way, the, word, the letter D just stands for day. That's no big deal. Okay? The, the, uh, the code word for the D-Day landings was Operation Overlord. And the word overlord means one who is superior in power and authority. I'm trying to be spiritual here. <clears throat> See, so the, the arrival of Jesus on earth was like D-Day. If I can put it this when he landed and established a bridgehead on earth. But there was still a battle to be fought until the following year in, in September. I think it was uh, the 9th of September uh, or the 2nd of September, 1945. And they, we celebrate VE Day which is Victory in Europe Day. And, see, and then the war was over. The Allied forces, the generals, those in charge, the, the overlords, if you like, knew when they landed in Normandy that the victory was there. But it wasn't complete until VE Day over a year later. It's the same with the arrival of Jesus on earth. The kingdom has come, but he is, we are engaged in a warfare against the enemy of our souls, the corrupt one, Satan, the deceiver, the liar, the accuser, the one who brings sickness and, and, and corruption and poverty and misery and injustice in the world. And Jesus has come to bring the power of the kingdom on the earth, and we become recipients of that power so we can advance the kingdom. You see, the the church is the agency of the kingdom. The church is the army of the kingdom. And we are here to be empowered to serve the king and advance the kingdom and see Jesus come back. Amen? Be encouraged. We're on the winning side. 
So this is what the kingdom is all about. And the, and the good news is for us that because we are the church, Paul called us in 2 Corinthians 5.20, ambassadors for Christ. You see, uh, in the United Kingdom, we have ambassadors who uh, go to foreign lands and represent the, 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 the queen, if I can put it that way, or the government, if you want, uh, in all matters pertaining to the United Kingdom. And they, they have what I call delegated authority. They represent fully the authority of the United Kingdom. And so we are, are fully authorized, fully empowered to represent our king on this earth and speak with his authority and release his power for his glory so his kingdom comes. See, the evidences of the kingdom is seeing people saved healed, delivered. That's, that's, that's a primary evidence. It's seeing social injustice being turned around. It's seeing poverty being broken. It's seeing people being set free. You see, Jesus declared his kingdom manifesto in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. After he was anointed with the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 3, he stood in the synagogue after he'd beaten off the devil, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to set captives free, to heal the sick, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord is the year of grace, the age of grace. See, that's, that's the mandate. That's the manifesto. That's what we, that's like when they go around, you know, when the candidates for government go around and they, and they knock on your door and they say, well, what, what's your mandate? And they tell you this, that, and the other. Most of the time, unfortunately, you know, you don't see much of it happen. But this mandate, this manifesto is one that Jesus is exercising to its fullest through people like you and people like me. And that's what the kingdom is all about. And that's what the church is all about. We are ambassadors. Um, and we live in a different kingdom. Many years ago, Linda and I, when we were younger, Linda says, I'm still only 15. I think that's quite an exaggeration, actually. <clears throat> uh, we lived and worked in India. We were doing missions work with an organization that was uh, helping hippies and travelers back in the late 60s, early 70s. And on occasion, the embassies, in particular, the British embassy would ask us if we would look after some of the British hippies who had either gotten their passports stolen, gotten sick, gotten trouble, or one thing or another, and they had nowhere to look after them. And because we had a community ministry, <clears throat> we would bring them in and look after them. And we had all sorts of, we've got wonderful stories of, of, of marvelous uh, healings and restorations of people who were beyond hope. But as a way of saying thank you uh, to us for doing this service for them, on occasion, they would invite us to visit the British Embassy for a day at the British Embassy. And we would uh, travel through uh, New Delhi, which is like wall-to-wall -wall people, wall-to-wall -wall, uh, uh, rickshaws and cows and sheep and, and noise and clamor and uh, unbearable heat at times. And you're traveling through <clears throat> this, this huge city. And then you get to the British Embassy and the huge doors open wide and you, you drive in, the doors close behind you and you're in a different world. There's a huge compound 
That is the British Embassy. In fact, the British Embassy is not India, it is Britain. That, that the ground that the British Embassy is, is foreign land within India. And nobody can touch you. No authority outside uh, can touch you if you're inside there because you're protected by the sovereign of the UK. I'm sorry if you're not UK, you're missing out a lot. <coughs> And so we would spend the day there. There was a swimming pool. There was the equivalent of a Sainsbury's uh, supermarket. There was even a red telephone box and a red post box. You were in England. <clears throat> and you could get fish and chips after curry for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I love curry. It was nice to have fish and chips for a change. And it was peaceful. There was grass and there was all this tranquility and it was wonderful. You see... That's what's living in the kingdom is all about. An ambassador has rights to enjoy all of that privilege of being in the kingdom, but also has a responsibility to represent the monarch on behalf of the kingdom, and that's who we are. And so we are people who need to be activated and released so we can actually move forward and do our ambassadorial thing. Now, you may not feel very ambassadorial this morning. You may feel like a bit of a cracked pot, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I may have told you this before, but there's a, a form of uh, art in Japan called kintsugi joinery. Kintsugi means golden joinery. And what they do with broken pots is they take them, instead of that taking the the broken pieces and trying to hide the cracks that as they repair, they don't try and hide them. They, they show them off. They use gold or silver lacquer to repair the cracks and put the pieces back in. And so when you look at the pot, you see all these lovely gold and silver lines running through the pot and it enhances the beauty of the pot. And you see, you may think you're a cracked pot, even a crack pot, not looking at anyone in particular. <clears throat> but you see, Jesus is a specialist in cracked pots. And he will kintsugi you. He will restore you so that whether you're feeling like a cracked, broken pot or broken vessel this morning, he is bringing his healing into your life so that in your brokenness, he, you display his glory and he gets all the glory because when people look at you, they can see the cracks, but the cracks only demonstrate the grace and the goodness of God in your life. Leonard Cohen sings a song called Anthem. Uh, and a few of the lines go like this, if I can remember it. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. You see, if you want the light to get in, you need to be a crack pot. <laughs> crack pots are the best ones at releasing and revealing the light of Jesus. Because we know what brokenness is like. I know what brokenness is like. I know what it's like to feel completely cast on the, 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 the slag heap of uselessness. But you see, if you feel like you're a piece of garbage this morning, don't, 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 don't be despairing. God's a God of restoration. He'll never leave you at the dump. He'll pick you up and he'll put the pieces back together again. 
so that you will be stronger in your brokenness and be able to serve the king and his kingdom. You can be an ambassador. So the priority of Jesus is the kingdom. And in order for us to activate the kingdom in this way, hi, Amy. It's my granddaughter, sorry. <clears throat> we need to understand what the promise of the Father is all about in this, uh, these few verses. The promise of the Father is for the kingdom. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing, the baptism, the filling, the indwelling, the overflowing. Uh, call it what you like as long as you got it. You know, if you say you've got it all, why are you the way you are? Sorry. No, not sorry. I am always hungry. I am always thirsty for more of God. No matter how much I know and feel and receive his anointing, I am desperate for more because there's always more. There is always more. And so we need to understand that the promise of the Father is this anointing. It's an equipping for service. It's you know, the disciples were told to wait until they received this power. It's, it's, it's a power anointing. It's an equipping for service. If we are going to activate the kingdom, we need the kingdom anointing to serve him because we have nothing to offer in our own strength. That's, that's the wonderful thing about being broken is you realize you've got nothing to offer him. And when he sees people, see a bruised reed, he will not break, and a smoking flax, he won't snuff out. He's looking for those who haven't got their act together, haven't got their stuff together. They, the people who haven't, don't know it all. He's looking for the people who say, I, without him, I can't do anything, but with him, I can do all things. Because it's all about him and his grace and his love and his mercy and his power. Grace and power go together, by the way. And so the anointing of the Holy Spirit is what we need. As I said to you, it's what Jesus said when he came out of the wilderness. It says he went into the wilderness in Luke chapter 4 to deal with the devil. He went in the fullness and he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. What we need is the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And this, this promise is available for all of us. It's not just for special people. But by the way, we're all special people. I love, I love the Apostle John. He, when you read the Apostle the, the, John's Gospel, you know, it speaks of the disciple whom Jesus loved. It's amazing. John wrote that. <laughs> he wrote that about himself. And he wrote it about himself five times in the Gospel of John. The disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, that, that guy had a really good self-image about himself in Jesus. Now, all the rest of the disciples were loved equally by Jesus, but John knew it. See, it's, it's like Todd and I are going out for coffee. And afterwards, I write in my diary, today, Pastor Todd and the disciple whom Jesus loved went for coffee. You see? see and that's you. You're, you're, you're that as well if you'll believe it. And you should believe it because it's in the Bible. It's what Jesus says about you. By the way, he loves you with an everlasting love. That's a verse that is etched in my heart. And so the promise is received at conversion. 
Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. He got saved and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues all at once. In fact, I love it because the Holy Spirit interrupted Peter's preaching to baptize them in the Spirit. In fact, Peter's the only guy in the, in the New Testament who keeps getting interrupted by the Holy Spirit when he's preaching. Just hold on a minute, Lord. At conversion, after conversion, in Acts chapter 19, the disciples of John said, we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And so they were prayed for, and they received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. It says that was, after, that was, if you like, the second blessing. So you can get it as a complete blessing all at once. You can get it after your conversion. Or what is really, really important, you can receive the anointing continually. In Ephesians 5.20, Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. The Greek says, be continually being filled with the Spirit. We need to continually keep receiving the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm being distracted by my granddaughter. We need to be continually being filled with the Spirit. I, uh, someone I know um, was once asked after a meeting, because he'd said, we need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and a, a, a person, I'll be gender non-specific in case I get in trouble, <coughs> came up to him and said, why? She was, the, the person <laughs> was quite irate and said, why do you keep saying you need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, madam, sorry, I've done it now, because I leak. Now, that's not theologically correct, but it's good advice. We need to keep asking for more of him. And sometimes we're like the person who goes and stands at the beach on the edge of the ocean with a thimble and looks at the ocean and wonders if there's enough to fill the thimble. You see, there's a vast ocean of the anointing of the Holy Spirit so we can be kingdom people and exercise and release the kingdom. Not just in words, of course in words, but it says at the beginning, Oh, Theophilus, what a great name. All that Jesus began to do and teach. So you need to be doing as well as teaching. It's not just teaching. That's one part of the gospel. Doing is another. In many spheres of society, there is the evangelistic part. There's the healing. There's the signs and wonders. There's, there's a social activity, injustice, and all of that. All the, the, the whole ministry of the kingdom covers every strata of the needs in society, and we need to receive the promise. The purpose of the anointing is very clear. Verse 8, you shall receive power to be witnesses. Power, the Greek word dynamos, from which we get the word dynamite. It's explosive. We also get the word dynamic. You want to be dynamic? Get the anointing. Also, dynamo which for those technically minded, just close your ears for a minute because I'm useless with technology. It's a gadget <laughs> on a bicycle that turns energy into light. So if you want to be that kind of person, all you need to do is step up and say, I need more of you, Jesus, because I want to be a participant. I want to be an ambassador 
to serve your purposes with the delegated authority. You see, the ambassador says, in the name of the government that I represent, I speak to you and I say, you can or you can't do this. You see, that's what it means to be an ambassador for Jesus. And that authority is delegated to you in Jesus' name. And you, the purpose is so that you'll become a carrier of the presence of God. You see, right now, you may not realize it, but you carry the presence of Jesus within you. In John chapter 14, Jesus said to the disciples, the Spirit of God is with you and will be in you. The Spirit of God comes in you to witness to you who you are, to comfort you, to encourage you, to speak to you, to give you revelation, to uh, help you see things in the spiritual realm. But also it says in, in the Scripture, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Acts 1.8, the Spirit will come upon you. When, when King David was anointed with the Holy Spirit in 1 Samuel uh, 16, it says that the Spirit rushed on him. Can you try and get that image? The Spirit rushed on him. And he experienced a rushing of the power of God on him. The first time I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, I was quite surprised. Uh, a dear friend who was, had been a, a spiritual mentor to me, uh, I just met him. It's a long story. It's in the first book, by the way. You have to read the book to get the whole story. And, and he came up to our house to visit us. And he sat down. He was, he was from Leeds, worked, ministered in London with Ichthus Christian Fellowship. <clears throat> And he was a quietly spoken Yorkshireman, and he sat down on the chair, and he prayed for myself and Linda. Well, as he prayed for us, I had no grid for what was about to happen. I began to rock back and forth in, in my seat, and, 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 and I could feel all of this rippling of energy going through my body, and it was very, very pleasant. And, and I was liking, I was getting, my abs were getting a workout, and boy, did they need it. And I was getting this physical work out by the Holy Spirit as he flowed through me in waves. And then he began to, uh, the Holy Spirit began to pull on my mouth and I looked like a fish. You know when a fish will, it really looks spiritual, doesn't it? And, and, and my mouth was all puckered up like as if I was going to kiss somebody, you know? And, and, and then Ken, the, the chap's name, he said to me, I believe the Holy Spirit's concentrating on your mouth because you've got a prophetic ministry. And so that's why I pray for people and I like to lay hands on people because God gives me revelation and insight into the world because that anointing is one of the gifts of the Spirit that he's given me. And so we're carriers of his presence. We shoulder the anointing. You see in Joshua chapter 3, the priests had to carry the Ark of the Covenant into the river. They shouldered the symbol of the presence. We don't shoulder the symbol. We shoulder the reality. We surrender to the presence of God upon us. And sometimes when I'm praying for people, the, the weight of the presence is so strong, people go down, and that's what happens. So we become carriers of his presence. We carry his presence. We carry his authority. In Isaiah 22, 22, Eliakim was the keeper of the keys. And it says there that, he says, I will give, put the keys uh, of the kingdom on, on his shoulders. Those were keys of authority to open door and close door. That's what authority is all about. It's the same as binding and loosing. You, whatsoever things you bind on earth will be bound, uh, whatsoever things are bound 
and earth shall have been bound in heaven. Whatsoever things you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. That's what binding and loosing is all about. It's authority to set captives free. It's what heaven declares, and we just obey what heaven's already seeing. So if it's bound in heaven, we bind it on earth. If it's loosed in heaven, we loose it on earth. That's the authority of the kingdom by the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And so we are carriers of his presence. We are carriers of his authority. And as I said, we are carriers of his power. That explosive blowing up strongholds in Jesus' name. The purpose of the anointing. But not only are we carriers, we are commissioned. In John 20, when Jesus was speaking to the disciples in the upper room, I've got 30 seconds in the upper room, 30 seconds to say another half hour's worth of preaching. <clears throat> Shall we have a vote? No, don't. <clears throat> in John chapter 20, in the upper room, when Jesus spoke to the disciples, he set them free from their history so they could fulfill their destiny. Then he said to them, very important, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. What does that mean? It means we are to be doing exactly what Jesus did. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, if we're going to be kingdom uh, planet shakers, world changers, demon destroyers, we need to have the anointing. And the anointing comes so we can activate the kingdom and see the rule of God, the reign of God, and push the darkness back push the darkness back in our street, in our neighborhood, in our village, in our town, in our city, in our nation, in the world. That's what we're called to, church, as ambassadors of Christ. We're commissioned to speak the words and do the works of Jesus. We're also yoke breakers. I love the King James Version. Of course, it's the language that Jesus used. Uh, Isaiah 10, 27. You didn't get that, but I'm moving on quickly. <clears throat> It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing breaks the yoke of slavery in people's lives. It sets captives free. And that's what we are about. We're not pew fodder. We're, we, we are kingdom citizens. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are royal priests. We are a holy nation. We have a job to do. We have a kingdom to advance in his power, in his name. And the love of God will control us in all that we do. And this promise, as I'm closing, is here today. This promise has been activated on the day of Pentecost, 50 days from the resurrection Chapter 2 says there was a mighty rushing wind sound. There was fire of tongues. There was... Uh, I mean, verse 13 of chapter 2 says, they said they were drinking new wine. What does that say? It means the church isn't a mausoleum. It's a place of joy, laughter, power, energy, the presence of God. Nothing on earth is like it, but we are on earth, and we can make it available to to each other by laying hands on one another, by blessing one another, and then bringing it and taking it out into the world to set the captives free in every sphere of society. Whether there's sick, whether there's injustice, whether there's poverty, whatever the issues are, and each one of you will have a different agenda of how you want to advance the kingdom, but we're all called to advance the kingdom and take the agenda of Jesus and take it out onto the streets. Can I hear an amen?
So we need to let the wind blow. We need to let the fire fall. We need to let the wine flow. I'm going to say this, and you can throw me out now. You need to get drunk in the Holy Spirit. So this is the agenda of Jesus. The priority of Jesus is the kingdom. We are his ambassadors to activate the kingdom. We've got the authority to do that. The promise of the Father is that we receive the anointing, the baptism, the empowering, the infilling, the indwelling, the overflowing, the river of life flowing into us, the breath of God being breathed into us so we can activate the kingdom. The promise is here. He is here. He wants to touch you today. He wants to refresh you today. Would you just stand as we close now? I want to pray for you, first of all, corporately, and release the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And then I want to invite you, if you want to receive the laying on of hands, which is how impartation takes place, also, not uniquely so, but also, I invite you to come out to the front after I've prayed and, and Myself and the ministry team will pray for you to receive fresh oil, fresh wine, fresh air of heaven, the joy of heaven flowing into you. Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Let your presence flow through each one right now. Let the tongues of fire rest on each one. The blessing of the Lord, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, touching, refreshing, healing. Healing. Making you whole, empowering you. I pray for the release of the gifts of the anointing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Speak in tongues, yes. It's a good gift. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Everybody can speak in tongues personally. Not all speak in tongues publicly, but you can be released in your prayer language to glorify God. And in that way, you are built up. So I pray the release of that, Father God. Let the anointing fall. Let the anointing fall, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to hearts. Set the captives free. To someone here this morning who's feeling wet down with guilt, I speak with the authority of Jesus. In Jesus' name, your sins are all forgiven. And you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and refreshed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Flow like a river. Bathe us in your beautiful presence. Refresh us with the air of heaven. 
burn your passion into us for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.